Good evening. Jeff Stevens here. Hope you all are having a good evening. Playing some more set for the fall. That is the song Rising. If, uh, if you guys like what you hear, go and check them out. You can see some of their videos on YouTube. And um, they do have their music uh, for sale online as well. Great band. Good to support these guys right now, especially our Christian brothers and sisters who are doing things in the music world where there's not the access to doing shows that they usually had. So I suggest if you like rock and you like Christian music, check out Set for the Fall. I'm coming to you tonight wanting to talk to you a little bit about training. I was having a uh, conversation with a brother in Christ uh, over the weekend, and we were talking about the correlation of the military and the training that we had gone through in the process that the military takes you through to train you to prepare you for a mission and how that corresponds to the Christian walk, you know, why it's important. And um, I thought I'd just start out, you know, kind of right from the, from the bare bones, from the bottom, like, what does it mean uh, training? What do we need to do to train? And I, I think there's plenty of evidence especially from the New Testament text, that uh, we should be constantly training. And it, just the word disciple um, lends you to believe that Christ would have us continue to learn or train, to dig deeper into the text, to lean further into him. And um, just a couple texts to throw out there, and one that I always thought is awesome, which Paul utilizes about his own self-control, is right out of 1 Corinthians 9 in verses 25 to 27, where Paul is saying, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself become disqualified. Now, Paul is talking about physically disciplining himself that he does not go sin. Um, And he he juxtaposes his faith walk with his spiritual um, discipline. And what we see is that when you compare it to a run, like you just um, don't run around aimlessly. You, you You pick a time period or a distance and you train. And you don't just box against the air, you know, you'd box against an opponent or against a bag and you would train. So there's an appropriateness to it. There's a deliberateness to it. So all of our training, whether it be our body, our minds, our spirit, is done with purpose, with intent. Um, And I think there's great other evidence as well where we start looking at his letter to Timothy where he tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 8, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is value in every way. And, you know, you can train your body to get really strong. And, of course, it's great during this lifetime. And it's good to be healthy, uh, especially as servants of Christ. The healthier we are, the better we serve, the longer we serve. However, what's most important is what Paul is talking about here, which is godliness. He compares his godliness to training. So, if we're comparing godliness to, to physical training, then there should be a training in godliness. So what does that look like? Let's say first and foremost, it starts with being true to the word of God, which means 
dis disciplining yourself in the text. So read your Bible, do a home Bible study on your own, lean into the text regularly, read daily, search for pearls daily, and, and have some intent. What am I trying to get out of the text today? Is it specific topics that I'm looking at or is there, are there books that I'm looking for? Is there uh, contemporary issues that I'm searching or seeking out? Reasons of dealing with, uh, you know, if you're a family person, a mom or a dad, and you're dealing with your kids, you know, is there evidence in the Bible for what we're going through and how do I extrapolate that from the text? So I think there's a lot of ways that you can be deliberate in this. And of course, we see that word discipleship come up uh, regularly. And even back as far as Proverbs, when we look at Proverbs 22, it's train up a child in the way they, they should go. So the training comes in again, where we are looking at what we should do to prepare ourselves for a number of things. One, to be good followers. Two, to be good stewards of the word, carrying it in our heart. Three, to have a defense for the faith. And I'd say lastly, to be sharp and have answers for questions that come up. And this has been a theme in, in, in our life for my wife and I, especially lately, is that where is the foundation of your faith when you're asked tough questions about things that do not get covered regularly in church that are good questions that oftentimes the church sets aside as, well, that's not really important. I just believe in Jesus and that's enough. Well, I, that's enough for salvation. But when you're defending your faith and when you're answering questions about people who are inquisitive and need to know and they say things like, do you believe God created Adam and Eve? Well, you should have a better answer than just, yeah, because the Bible says so. You need to be able to dig in at least a little bit. And what I am not saying is that you need to become a PhD microbiologist or a physicist or an expert in geology so you can defend the flood. Nor do I believe that you need to become an eschatologist and be able to completely lay out end times from a specific point of view from, you know, say Daniel to Revelation and have it all figured out because there are things most certainly that we are not going to figure out in this lifetime. Um, but we know this, um, that we know that Paul said to Timothy, that all scriptures breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, and for training, there's that word again, in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for works. So we're utilizing the text to be able to defend our faith. We're using the text to be able to go do good works. We are able to do good works based on our understanding and the knowledge of the text. So this is really important. I, I think when we start with training ourselves, that's where we acquire those foundations. And I'd say the second part of this is we need to be able to find some sort of group um, where we're able to dig in on the text. And for some, it may be a woman's group or it may be a men's group, but it needs to be a good biblical group that is digging in the text for the right reasons. Um, I always say to people to be careful of where you are spending your time because there's just a lot of junk that's out there right now. There's a lot of kind of over-the-counter, uh, right-off-the-shelf Christianity that is selling you uh, studies, Bible studies there, selling you a prosperity gospel. There's a lot of selling of the gospel right now. So what you get into as far as a study is concerned 
should start with your own study where you are able to identify teachers who are teaching things that are good for you. So I would say uh, that is the starting point. And then as you get into these studies, um, everybody finds kind of different pearls and has different aha moments. And that's really good. But it has to start from a place of godliness and a place where we understand that the uh, the Bible is what it said it, it is, that Jesus is who he said he is, and he is the foundation. Now, as far as comparing it to military training for my warrior friends, this is kind of how uh, I look at this. And when we look at salvation, you know, saving grace, it starts with that repentance. So the word repentance really just means a turning away. Um, and how I would compare that to the military lifestyle is the day that you decide you're going to go into the, the armed forces is your repentance day. So it is the day you've changed your mind where you're no longer going to be the person you were and you are going to turn into a servant. You are going to turn into somebody who lays down their life for something bigger than self. That's the turning away. And to correlate that to the Christian lifestyle is, is you realize that you live a life in sin and you're turning away from that sinfulness and you're turning towards Christ. And that's really all it means is a turning away and really a turning towards Christ. Um, you know, we see evidence of that salvation is in a, in a moment, essentially. So I make the decision for Christ. Um, and that decision is through Jesus only, like as it says in John 14, 6, when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And um, in you know, John 6, no one comes to the Father um, unless the Father um, sent me, draws him. So you're going to get drawn near to the Father. And we have that moment of that repentance where we are, Jesus is going to save us. Um, and that salvation is done by Christ. We really have, although we repent, there's nothing we do for that salvation. As Paul tells us in Ephesians, you know, it's grace through faith. That way, it's not our own doing. It's a gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one can boast about it. You can't say that um, you did something for your salvation. Um, the real simple one, the John three sixteen. you know, the, the, probably the most popular verse in the world, uh, you know, most quoted by kids in every church across America and a fantastic verse and should be learned by all John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And, um, really important to understand that that salvation comes through his grace. So we repent, we're saved. So that salvation moment to correlate it back to the military is the day you step in, right? So now I'm in Christ. I'm in the military. Now, when Jesus saves us, uh, there's also, there's an idea of what's called justification. So the theology, the study, that justification is really God's act of removing our sin, removing the penalty of sin. It's removing our guilt. It's pulling us towards his righteousness. Now, the military takes some time to do this. Now, God can do it in a moment. He can justify you in just a, a blink of his eye. So he saves you through his work of salvation. And justification is something he does right away. He can 
just take that guilt or he can simply withdraw that penalty of sin right in that work that he does in the moment. But again, as we try to correlate this to the military, we say, if we look at, say, the boot camp experience where, um, you know, through the works of your leadership, they're going to change you, they're going to mold you, and, and they are going to pull the, uh, the old stuff out of you. They're going to pull that whatever used to be of the dirty, nasty civilian that lived inside of you out, and you're going to become something new. And there's kind of a second part to that, uh, um, and that's sanctification, right? So in sanctification, and this is the part that I really wanted to get to because this is important because this lends to training. At some point, you know, we finish boot camp or whatever, and, and we're, we're a little bit different than we were, okay? We're, we've realized that we were a civilian, and we didn't want to be that, so we turned away, and we were accepted into the military, and that's kind of like our salvation, and then we we're justified. So we're, we're in, our, our, our sin is gone, or, you know, our, our civilian life is gone, and now we're in, and we've been kind of uh, uh, brought into the fold. Now, in order to go to combat, we need training. We need to change into something new. We need to um, become the warrior that we need to be to step out onto that battlefield. And that takes time and it takes training. And um, that sanctification is uh, a two-part process here. Sanctification is something that God does in our lives where through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we become more like him. But there's also a responsibility to the believer. And I'll, I'll give some support for this. Paul in 2 Timothy says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he'll be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy useful to the master of the house and ready for every good work. So there's this connotation that we cleanse ourselves, that we do what is honorable, that we become, we open ourselves up to be a vessel so that we're able to be used. So again, we correlate that to our military lifestyle as we open our minds to what people have to teach us and we prepare ourselves, we prepare our bodies, we prepare our minds, prepare our hands, we study and we get ready to go. We get ready to work, learn our trade. Um, and there's the other side of this where um, we start looking at things like John 17, 17, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. So we become sanctified by the reading of the word of God. We become closer to him. We change who we are by uh, him. And again, we go over to that military lifestyle is we become more like a warrior because we have warriors who are training us to be more like them. And again, Paul in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So again, there's this changing. We become more like Christ. In the military, we become more like a warrior. We become better trained. We become ready to shoot and to communicate and to jump out of planes and to dive and to run around and do all kinds of uh, fun things or crazy things or uh, make our way into combat. And there's, there's all these things we train ourselves for 
uh, to become the best warriors that we possibly can be so that we're more effective on the battlefield. So we become more and more like the perfect soldier. So for the Christian walk, this is what sanctification is. It's sanctification and the training process for a Christian walk hand in hand. I'm reading, I'm studying, I'm opening myself up to the Holy Spirit by listening to him. I want to caveat that with this. Listening to him starts with reading the book. Okay. So constantly over, I can't press this enough. Read the book, read the book, read the book. The, you cannot just lay in bed at night with your eyes closed and the lights out with stressors in your life and your wife's not getting along with you and your kids hated your guts today and work didn't go well and a dog pooped on the floor and you're waiting for that still small voice to whisper into your life, you know, don't worry, you're going to win the lottery and everything's going to get, that's not the way it works. It's about digging into the word of God and learning how God would have you handle these situations in your life, how to serve your wife, how to rear your children. Um, there's not much in there on dog poop, but the, anyway, all the other stuff you're going to get. And it's important that you hear the words of God speaking to you as you're reading out of the biblical text, the word of God. That's where it comes from. So it, sitting and expecting the still small voice is mysticism. And it's not something you should depend on for your Christian walk. Um, This sanctification process that we go through prepares us for numerous things in our life. As we train, we become better at not just defending our faith, but being prepared to give an answer for the hope that lives within us, right? So here is the quintessential part of being a believer. And uh, this is something that has been talked about in, in my circle a little bit lately is the idea of having a testimony. And it's not a bad idea to have a testimony to be able to share with people where you came from in your life. But I'll be honest with you, I share Christ regularly. And I don't necessarily, especially the older I get, share like, hey, this is what my life looked like before. There's a time for that. And there's a place for that. And learning that takes time. But it's always about the hope of Christ first. So that comes before your testimony, because let's be honest with ourselves. Christ is more important than you. Uh, It's him who did the work. It's him who did the salvation. You were the one who was undeserving. So when people come and ask things about your life, your marriage, or they come to you in distress, or maybe they're not, maybe they're perfectly happy and you just decide to share Christ and everything's well with them, um, you're sharing the hope of the salv- salvation of Christ, the salvatory work of Jesus Christ. Not, hey, I'm sharing who I was before and who I am now, and and I am the center of this story. It's always Christ that's the center of the story. So let's. I just want to make sure that we we talk about that. So to get back to this, there are all these points that are extremely important. So as we train to become better warriors so that we are better on the battlefield. We train to be Christians who are prepared to share our faith, to defend our faith, to give an answer for the hope that lives within us. But we become better at doing things like sharing with our kids and our wives or or our husbands or our coworkers or whatever, whoever that may be, when they do have these big, tough questions about things that I brought up earlier. So 
do you believe Adam and Eve were created? Do you believe in Noah? What are your thoughts on the 613 Levitical laws? What are your thoughts on the Ten Commandments? Um, It can take years to be a great biblical scholar, but there are some really big questions that kids have, especially kids that are high school age and college age, that we're not answering very well as a church. And so if you're going to hear this and you're a pastor, a small group leader, a church leader, a youth group leader, these are things that you have to prepare. So if you pump out the gospel message over and over and over and over and over, Jesus saved your sins. He died on the cross three days later, rose from the grave, you know, walked with his people for 40 days, told them how he was back to life. And then he rose up in the clouds and now he's seated at the right hand of the father. And they're like, great, got it. I'm saved. I believe Jesus did all those things. At some point in their life, <clears throat> somebody says, hey, um, you really believe somebody built a big boat and floated out there for like a year with a bunch of, you know, chickens and ants and mosquitoes and dinosaurs on it? Uh, what do you say about that? And then they question their faith and nobody has developed a foundation in their life for learning these things. Again, not asking you to become a paleontologist, but you need to be able to present an answer to them. So there's tons of resources out there. Search them out, seek them out, be able to give a good reason for your faith. This is all part of the training process. And this is why after speaking with this friend, this brother in Christ this weekend, I thought it was important to bring this up in this podcast is, is for those of you who are in the military, have been in the military, around the military, spouses of military people, you understand the emphasis we put on training. We push ourselves to learn, to learn more, to learn better, to find new ways to learn. We're always trying to get faster and stronger or shoot better, find better communications equipment, you know, build a faster, better tank, a bigger ship, faster, better, more stealthy aircraft. We are always trying to get better at our trade, but it seems like in our Christian life, oftentimes we just settle for the simple answer, which is just, yeah, I'm a believer. And then I go about my day, but the reality is a bunch of the junk that you're taking in on a daily basis that's out there in the world is leading you away from Christ. You're not prepared to give an answer. You're not prepared to rear your kids. You're not prepared for when the hard days come up between you and your spouse, and then you fall and you have not built a foundation or a safety net in your faith, not only in your mind, but also in your heart. And when you fall, you fall away. And I'm not talking about this as a a salvatory issue where you fall away from the faith, like a losing your faith thing. It's another topic. I, I don't believe you can lose your faith, but, or your salvation. However, as a believer, there's a responsibility in you to train. Get out there and train. Get stronger. Be prepared to give those answers. So that's my encouragement to you tonight, uh, especially for those of you who are listening who are military and you understand this thing, if you're a warrior. uh, Get on board. It's time. Get in a small group. Get in a study group. Study the Word of God. You know, somebody just asked me recently, my wife and I were having this conversation. I said, how often are you studying your Bible? I bring this up all the time. Not enough. What does that mean, not enough? What do you mean? Not enough like you're not reading it twice a day? Or not enough like you're only reading it for five minutes? Well, you know, once in a while. Look, read every day. Read every day. And this is, you know, there are some pastors or Jesus who be like, look, it doesn't take much. Just 
Five minutes. Yeah, give it five minutes. No, give it way more than five minutes. You're going to spend eight to ten hours of your day at work taking in other things. You need to spend more than five minutes on the God who created everything. You need to spend more than five minutes on the God who sent his son to be the propitiation, the payment for your sin. You need to spend more than five minutes on what he took upon himself on the cross to save your life, to save your soul. It's more than five minutes. Pick a topic and study it. Learn something new. Learn about the foundation of your faith. Dig in in fellowship with somebody. Study with your wife, pray with your wife, listen to podcasts with your spouse and your friends. There's tons of resources out there, so get into it. So that's my prayer for you all tonight. I want you to be blessed. Dig into the word of God. Remember your life depends on it. So blessings to all of you and stay on the grind.